0: What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of You Can't Do That Anymore, a weekly movie podcast where we take movies that we once loved, we might still love. You might think it's a classic, maybe even won an award, but looking at it through the lens of 2021, it might not be as doable as it once was. It might not connect to an audience. It might just straight up have jokes it can't have. Of course, I am your host, Blake Schultz, and with me today is Terrence Tatum. Hello and Anastasia Washington. Hello. And joining us today is comedian Mary Upchurch, who also hosts the Wings with Friends podcast. Mary, how are you? You just were introduced to the Anastasia Terrence interpretation that we do every week.
1: (laughs) Hi, everybody. Uh, I'm doing great. Glad to be here.
0: Fantastic! I'm glad you found the time. We've all learned what how MST time zones work now. The most confusing of all time zones.
1: Actually, I am in Arizona time zone, which doesn't follow.
2: Doesn't follow so thing.
1: In two weeks, I'll be on Pacific. It's weird. What?
2: Oh yeah, yeah Arizona. A, the one it doesn't. It doesn't switch over with the time zone. They're like, f that daylight savings time. We're gonna do our yeah. own thing.
0: Confused. <laughs> Everyone is. Everyone is all the time when it comes to Arizona and their debauchery. But we're not here to talk about Arizona or time zones. We we're are a blue here state
1: to... now. We're a blue state now. You Just... are a blue state.
0: I love it. You I love, love it. to hear it. But we're not here to talk about time zones as much as I could talk about them for hours. We are, in fact, here to talk about the classic action comedy released on December 21st, 1990, the second in Arnold Schwarzenegger's comedy repertoire after twins, Kindergarten Cop a movie that debuted to $202 million off of a $26 million budget, showing you the power of the former governor of California when he was just a a meager action comedy star. How did we all feel about this movie when we first saw it? Terrence, what what did you think?
2: It's funny. I did not remember seeing this film until when I rewatched it. And then when I, about halfway through, I was like, oh, I know this movie. I've seen all of this film, and why I think it was so bizarre to me because at ninety, I was probably like nine. I don't. I, I, I. Yeah, I was nine at the time that this came out. I don't remember the opening or the end because they're completely different movies than the child part that I was supposed to care about. So that's why I probably forgot. I was like, oh, this movie opens like Terminator. Like he's shooting people, and and, and what is happening right now? He's chasing people in the mall, and then it was like, oh. This is the kid part. I know this part. This is where this is where the, the family stuff comes in and the amount of tumor and all of that. But because it didn't sit with me like I remember the clip like the Arnold always has the one liner. So I remember all the one liners that occurred in this movie, but I did not remember the film until I actually watched it and I I didn't dislike it rewatching it. Like, oh, this is still a cool movie. It just had no value to me in considering. Where we'll talk about it later how where it ranks in the top ten of that year for box office. You think it would have held more of a staple in my head, but no, it was something I saw it, forgot it, and didn't remember it again until now, and I probably won't remember it again after this.
0: Anastasia, your first time. It's 1990. You're excited. Right.
3: I'm seven years old. I'm in the theater. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. I i remember really liking it i was i was a schwarzenegger fan uh like my whole like my whole family is like action movies like we've discussed this kind of on the podcast but like when people talk about christmas holiday stuff we all of ours are like the godfather and die hard are our christmas movies so this was right up our alley this is great uh for for you know the winter season um for us uh so i think i i i remember really enjoying it i do remember you know it was jingle all the way and kindergarten cop uh were like schwarzenegger movies that you know as a kid i would just like really liked it just fit in with my family you know I'm watching steven seagal movies and van damme movies and schwarzenegger Walker, Texas
0: Ranger. <laughs> I mean, this all sounds great. And Mary, my dad
3: was black, so it doesn't
0: <laughs> work. I think Arnold Schwarzenegger's appeal transcends ethnicity. I See, 90s. he was one of the few
2: like, that didn't. The rate, like, there's some of them where we have some sketchy information about them. Like my dad, like, like John Wayne and Clint Eastwood, and they were as racist as they could get. So, truth. Yeah.
0: Mary, how did you feel? upon first being introduced to kindergarten cop
1: well i was 12 when this movie came out and we never went to the movie theater so i'm pretty sure i saw it on vhs um and then a million times on usa network like in in consecutive years or subsequent years um i love this movie and kind of like anastasia said um i think for me this movie had something for everybody so it was like a movie like, everybody liked because it had a little bit of action. The kids really stole the show. And I think as, like, a younger person, like, they were so cute. And as, like, a 12-year-old about to have my sexual awakening, I don't know, is that a thing? No, a I, thing. Thought these, I thought the bad guy was so dreamy. And now I'm like, ew. And I think, <laughs> I think the, the, the male teacher in his sport coat and jeans, you're like, oh, See, I get that, though. I
3: understand you because, like, I, I tell people, like, uh, one of my first crushes was in in the heat of the night. They had this guy named <laughs> baba. Oh, Bubba.
2: Oh, <laughs> Bubba.
3: He had a mullet and, like, those jeans that went up high. And every time he came to, uh, like, somebody's door to interview them, he would hike them up even more. And eight-year-old me or whatever age I was was like, I hike up those jeans, Bubba. I would say it every time he would do it i get you
1: girl i
2: understand (laughs) you start but i mean she was at the age where that because like milk money came out a few years later and i was like 94 for me and i was around 12 at that point i was like oh melanie griffith is amazing so you have that those ages is when you start saying i want that i think that's what i like and i i don't know yet but something's happening in me
0: yeah i don't know what
3: to do with it yeah but i like
0: it (laughs) i feel like we all had our sexual awakenings amongst 90s fashion and it has made all of us have to look back and be like but wait a minute but why
3: right? <laughs> it made us sexually confused i mean i remember labyrinth like just being like yeah I like his pants and i'm like what ew see i think it made I? me
0: sexually focused i know exactly what i want it needs to match the 90s we know exactly where we're going i first saw the movie on vhs as well as i was when the movie came out we don't need to worry about my age um 1989 was a great year and i'm sure you remember it i remember batman had just come out i was a big fan of naps and food <laughs> it was great I the and burpees. yes this, i always remember what season the simpsons is on because it's my age <laughs> And I grew up as a huge Simpsons fan and often was like, yes, me and the Simpsons, we're in it together.
3: Uh, Right? Doesn't that Uh, make you just want to jump out the window? It's
0: really my last horcrux. (laughs) That's why it keeps on going. The longer I'm alive, that show will persist. But when I first saw Kindergarten Cop, I know the action comedy genre goes way longer than this movie. But I must have been four, five, or six, and I had never seen anything like it. I was just amazed that you could have comedy and action in a movie. I had never seen, I had seen Terminator cause I saw that way too young. And I remember being like, well, hold on now. This man can do quite a lot of things. Uh, I've always been a big Arnold fan. I loved it. I loved it so much that I've barely seen it but I must think about it monthly. It had a big enough impact on me in my youth that I was always like my kindergarten cop, that's the classic which brings us back to the rewatch. Uh,
3: I am so I'm so worried about you that you think about this often. <laughs> think,
2: yeah, think, I was I was trying to let him live, but yeah, it's, it's questionable. He can't
3: let that go. He <laughs> thinks about kindergarten coffee and goes, "Mm, yep. That's I have I,
0: <laughs> I have fond memories of it being hilarious. Okay um and then i went back and recently and, you know rewatched it for this podcast just sit, sat down to have a good romp and i was like i'm gonna laugh a lot and then we had this ghost in the shell meets blade runner intro and uh arnold and his weird glasses and long duster and i gotta tell you took a long time to get to the jokes
2: it does it does for an action comedy i said well, the first 20 minutes we don't have any type of comedy uh, it's a complete, just straight up an action film. It, it, it's weird. The 90s were known for doing these little hybrid movies. Sister Act also falls, falls in that category. It was like, uh, wait, there's a a mafia mob hit happen in the middle of this movie. And then like, oh, nuns. Here we go, sing. This is fun.
0: Yes, I agree. So Mary, how do you feel about the movie now? And then why could we maybe not do it so much anymore?
1: Um, <laughs> because like one of the children in the class would probably be Arnold's secret love child. <laughs> no, um, he's <laughs> like, oh, that's my son. Um, that's all foreshadowing all that. Hey, my son lives with his mother um, <laughs> because of that scandal. Um, I don't know. I saw a lot of um, kind of gender stuff going on that I was like, Ugh. Um, one, it's kind of like, oh, the helpless male teacher, but he's so handsome and masculine. Let's all help him do it. Like he didn't do anything to prepare those women teachers. They like set up two weeks early. They were putting little like borders around their board. They were like doing inspirational quotes and like they were getting ready for school. And he just like walked in. Oh, well, I've got a ferret.
3: What? walked in there and got paid double yeah, That's it. yeah. Instant. <laughs> i don't
0: know how going undercover works because i'm not a spy do you get like w9 forms and paid the salary of whatever you have impersonating? to pay you a
3: salary because otherwise it would break the whole like i'm undercover that thing.
0: makes sense i didn't know if maybe they had a program where they're like, we don't need to pay you. We'll just give you a shadow salary. Uncle Sam's doing it. You
1: know, the, the police would have to pay him. I don't think right. you know, they have to pay for that Teachers on leave.
0: So you're telling oh. me that if somebody goes undercover, they're getting two salaries from wherever they're working for, I no longer feel bad for any mob movie where they're like, <laughs> I'm deep undercover. You have well, two salaries, sir. I think it's a little bit more complicated with a mob situation. Like if I was undercover in the
3: mob, like, it's not like I'm getting paycheck stubs, I'm getting like dollars and you know bags and and killing that's people. still a so, like, lot of
0: money. <laughs> Uncle Sam, little Sam little Uncle Sam,
1: <laughs> you know, he's also like, up with the you know the 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 lead female, so like he's triple dipping there in, in a sense.
2: Yeah, he's getting paid three times, yeah. that is true. <laughs> it's that that was one of the weird things about this is like i I knew there was a romance to this but i'm sitting here like i feel like this is a conflict of you getting involved with the person that you're trying and oddly enough i i know how police i'm not a police officer and i i I, but i know oddly how it works you sort of need a warrant to just start searching much less searching through her underwear drawer
0: We've barely scratched the surface of why he's not a good cop.
2: Uh, He just walks up to a man,
0: assumes that the man has been doing abuse, and fumbles him.
2: And then the principal is like, sweet, I would have done it too. I mean. And I agree with her because she knew, but he had no idea who the hell that guy was. The
0: man deserved to get hit. But could you imagine if I just crossed the street and punched a guy and you were like, Blake? And I'd be like, I'm pretty sure he hits people. 30% 30% sure. Yeah. Fair enough. So he's, he's just, he's breaking the law. He's making a lot of money doing it.
3: I don't know if he's making a lot of money.
0: These are teachers in the 90s. This is a 90s <laughs> suburb teacher's salary. These are not just the inner city schools where they're paying for supplies. Yeah. This, this man is part of the teacher's union. He's the reason they're not getting it. I have a lot to say about this
1: six-figure oh, geez. teacher. jeez! Buses in a story. i in say that
2: and judging by the way that the uh, the criminal dad comes into like it seems like a well to do school like you're trying you want to get your kid in there so wherever the school is it's a higher profile tool so there's money to be had in uh, with all these single family moms who are very thirsty. Extremely thirsty. Yeah. The
1: divorce capital California. of the world. In California, like, when I went to school, we had those, like, portable classrooms that were, like, little portable. And anytime I saw a school like this on TV with, like, real windows and, like, a big building you walk into with internal lockers, I was like, where are these schools? Like, our school's outdoor yeah. all the time. Like, not outdoors, but, like, it was in San Diego. So it was like, there's no inside school. I mean, mine was kind of like bungalows.
3: Yeah, I don't know. It was really fun when the earthquake happened. That doesn't, that sounds bad. But when the Northridge earthquake happened, our raised bungalows fell off of the rising, so we couldn't go to school for a long time.
1: Wow.
2: I I, I also think it's, it, it, it doesn't happen often because he doesn't really get carried away with it. But there's some interesting moments where I was like, uh, I don't know if you should be picking up people's kids in the, the manner that you are. Mm. Like I, I would have a problem with you if you just touched my job.
0: Oh, I mean, <laughs> yes. <laughs> this was the 90s, though, the, the early 90s. But the, we were either medicating kids with pills or teachers were throwing them across the classroom. We had to handle these kids. But Mary, you bring up these these gender identifi- identity issues in the movie and there's quite a lot of them I think when you look at it through 2021 and how we've started to talk more about gender and the fluidity of it and we have non-binary people and it, this movie one of the biggest most famous jokes in the movie couldn't be more binary <laughs> we have a the, the men have the penis the, the girl has the vagina we get into gender roles and gender politics. Do you feel like this is detrimental to the movie now when you watch it? We do have this overview of this boss being like, you're a male teacher, gross.
1: Yeah, and I think it gets summed up with the joke where Dominic's mom is talking to Arnold Schwarzenegger and she's really worried about him and she's worried he's playing with dolls. And he's like, no, He's just using them to look up the girls' skirts. Oh, well, that's okay then. (laughs) And it's like, okay,
2: there (laughs) it is. In that case, As continue. long as he's
0: objectifying somebody.
2: Yeah, that's normal.
0: I was watching this with my roommate last night, and we got to that scene, and when that scene ended, I had to pause the movie and look at my roommate and be like, there is just so much to unpack here. The first one, <laughs> like, whoa. The first bit of this scene is this woman sitting down and being like, just a heads up, there's nobody in my home. I could send this child to his father, and you could come over, and we could just... Plow, if you'd like. <laughs> Boundary issues. We then get into wow. this, this notion of you know d- gender identities and toys and action figures and dolls. And oh, he's playing with these dolls, and oh no. We've seen earlier this kid, like he's lined up three girls, like they're starting Pokemon, and is looking up their skirts from the table, and it's sort of just played as like kids, am I right? there's no punishment for him. There's no punishment for this entire no. sequence where all the kids destroy this classroom.
3: But then we get well, to I this. I always think f- it's so funny about the the doll thing is like, okay, if, if, um, if a, if a kid had a doll and he was male, right there, there, it must be gay. Okay. But A, there's no problem with that. And B, or what about if he wanted to like play doll, dolls because he wanted to be like pretend to be a dad and be a good dad when he grows up instead of objectifying and looking up
2: doll skirts yeah.
3: i don't know that that seems like a good it always goes me.
2: one way like to the extreme like right. oh this person's gay While well, there's nothing wrong with that but like right. for me i used to play like like i had like all my turtles and whatnot but i had like my little ponies and other stuff because i was like well i don't have... april's the only woman so i need some female people to be in here too so i need well, to have the the girl to- the and... unquote girl toys as well because I want to
0: have both. (laughs) And Terrence, you're hitting on something that I talk about often on another, on a toy podcast I have of this was almost the exact time when toy marketing was getting very gender divisive. And not just the Barbie aisle and the GI Joe aisle and the Lego aisle and the girl toys and the boy toys. You were starting to get properties like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like Power Rangers, And very famously, especially with Turtles, people in Toys R Us' targets would get boxes of these figures, and it was always, I'm making up numbers, ten toys to a box. Five of them would be Leonardo, three of them would be this, two of them. It was always every other box had one April O'Neil. And yet, even the boys wanted the April O'Neil. When you got to the Power Rangers, it took me the longest as a kid to find the pink and yellow Ranger because these companies just didn't get that the boys wanted the whole team. They wanted the girls. It wasn't just this. They also didn't get the flip side of girls wanting these same toys and liking these properties and wanting that representation. So when you you come into this scene and you see a parent freaking out about their kid and then taking away the wrong lesson, which is, oh, your kid's going to grow up to be problematic because he's only buying these dolls, which by the way, do not have genitals, to learn what women genitals look like.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: And the the button of the scene is another kid screaming down the hall that his teacher isn't married. And just, I was like, what, this scene opens and closes with two different women being like, Let's go to town with Arnold and
2: in to that, the hell out of this man.
0: And you talk about him being a bad teacher and being unprepared. I I can't imagine what it would be like going to see a teacher and being like, "I'm worried about my son. He plays with the wrong kind of toys." And then being like, "Oh, he's just doing it to harass people." And me being like, Whew, "Well, that's good. Thank God."
1: If you flip some of that like ogling and, and like, oh my gosh, look at that teacher. Oh, I don't have my makeup on, I don't want to see me. If you flip that and made this a movie where all the dads were looking at a female teacher, it would be like, whoa, not cool at all. Yeah. So like, it, it's like, okay to like harass him or objectify. Objectify. Him. Yeah.
0: I think that's always an interesting thing when we do a lot of these movies where the the male is hot and all the women are like, oh my God. I'm like, if we flipped this, we would all be like this poor person. But I think there's just such a big notion of, especially at the time of like, well, you know, men always want to have sex and they all want to look like Arnold and have the girls be all over them. That they're like, that's fine. And I'm like, I don't know. If I was trying to do a job and I had all these teachers who, you know, I see their kids every day. I want to walk into my classroom and some teacher would be like, ah, I saw Mr. Schultz at breakfast this morning. He was having coffee with my mom. You'd be fired. And then you wouldn't be able to solve your crime mystery. And then you'd only make one salary instead of two.
2: <laughs> yes.
0: So that's part of it. But really, I think, and especially in 2020, right? So much of the conversation of this movie now circulates around the cop in the school and using these police tactics to militarize these children to make them obedient. Um, I don't know, does anybody have any thoughts on kind of that idea? It's,
2: it's, it's strange because watching this, like when I was a kid, it probably didn't bother me. And to, to an effect, I'm kind of like, oh yeah, he had to do what he had to do to get control of his class. But as a, as, a, as a black male, seeing a, an officer doing that, I'm just like, uh-huh, this, something's off here. Like, I, I don't think that's the correct way of going about berating or training folks to be, be it's not even compliant because that's not necessarily what he's doing, but he's, he's militarizing these kids so that they're afraid of males and forces of police. It, it creates a real dangerous scenario, it could. I don't, obviously, I don't think that because this is a comedy family, well, partially a family comedy, I don't think that's what they're trying to do here. But watching it today uh, and the way that the Black Lives Matter movement is going on with police officers and whatnot, I feel like it could get a real dicey situation. Luckily, this film doesn't have any, it's in Oregon, it doesn't have any African American students there, but uh, I think that would have been a nope. little bit, <laughs> I think that would have been a little bit different. I would have probably noticed it or had a bigger effect on me if there was uh, kids of color in this classroom
1: I think that because that's a really good point and I feel like it's so normal that it doesn't stand out but what was happening in this movie a lot was just that whole thing that we were all taught like police are your friend and this is a bad guy and this is a good guy and so they they kind of use that a lot um if you guy has a ponytail he is a bad guy um And in the very beginning, I really liked the scene where he's getting his nails done at the salon. And he was like, look at this crazy guy. He's, you know, you can't, what did he say? I wrote it down. You can't just walk in here and put a gun in my face. I'm trying to get a manicure. I've got witnesses. And again, I was like, oh, you're scruffy. He's undercover. He must be a psycho. Um, So maybe this is some of the, how we were just um, taught as we were growing up without really realizing it like good and bad and so on and so forth.
2: Yeah, it does create a conditioning. I mean, that's what the 90s, like a lot of the stuff that we we saw and and, and, and witnessed was all conditioned. Like if you have a ponytail, if you have facial hair, you are bad or you're not good. But like the, the reason why Arnold shaved to go into that classroom is like, well, now I'm switching over from being a cop and now I'm a good person. I'm a teacher. You will respect me more if I shave my shave my beard. In his glasses. defense,
0: if I was being taught by an anime villain, I also would feel <laughs>
2: uncomfortable. If he came in looking like a Terminator, I'm probably not going to uh, identify or talk to him I, very much either.
3: I mean, he did come in looking
0: like a Terminator.
3: <laughs> I, don't, I don't... Yeah, he's Arnold. <laughs> you,
0: think, think Terrence, me? he's, he's clean-shaven and dick-swinging when he comes yeah, out. He's as always <laughs> in <into> the Terminator
2: mode. <laughs> he's
1: just like a Hulk, like when the kids first like erupted on him, and he's like... Oh, you're... Right. you're like, oh... yeah which I like that I mean like listen
3: when I when I saw that I was like that's so funny that's amazing but then I also think like if my kid was hanging off of a male teacher i probably you know would not be okay with that
0: (laughs) you know but I thought it was hilarious This is an interesting movie because I don't feel like there's anything outside of the gender stuff that we just kind of talked about that's inherently problematic in the storytelling or the jokes. It's much more of a situation of, well, if I saw this in real life and my child was there, I don't think I'd feel comfortable. So I think the question almost becomes, as an action comedy, does that still play or is there any inherent uncomfortableness in showing hero cops in school and 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 who is this movie for are we showing this to young impressionable kids who are gonna go down some like school to prison pipeline or are we showing this to hopefully you know 24 and up who who know a little bit better and see the nuance because there is no nuance in this movie there is never a conversation of to mary's point not all cops are good and not all of them are bad. There are bad ones and good ones. And there's, this is a very black and white. Arnold is the good guy. And this guy is the bad guy. And then there's a weird mom who's even more bad. <laughs> Cause then you get into some like Eminem Munchauser syndrome. She's been feeding this kid pills his entire life. And he's like, this is why you didn't get sick. And I've bought this thermometer. And he's just like, well, when you're right, you're right, mom. With the creepiest villain subplot I've seen in years.
2: Yeah, there's some very Oedipus stuff happening with that family. I don't quite, I don't need a movie about it, but it's just bizarre.
1: Which is why he turned to a life of crime. Like, he was just groomed for that.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that's part of that character's motivation, As you kind of cover this weird villain trained this way, but he wants his son and this broken family speaking
2: of which for a man who <laughs> wants his for a man who wants his son and is like oh i really want to be back with my son the very first thing you do to your son is slap the shit out of him so i don't know how, how much you want to be around your son like it's just a bizarre way i love you kid oh you don't want me cool i'm gonna slap the crap out of you right now uh i don't think he's gonna go no. with you then nope. yeah no
0: so no, when we no. spin it this way, it sounds like it should have been a disaster of an action comedy. When we talk about these terrible gender ideas, these, this copaganda, this weird Oedipus villain, and yet a it, it, hundred times its budget. So why in 1990 did this resonate with its audiences so much?
3: Well, I mean, I think the same reason it would resonate with people now. <laughs> Arnold?
0: Is it just that? Arnold star
3: power? No, I don't I mean I just don't think like like I I grew up watching all this stuff and being told like as a woman I should like this and I should like that and I was the one that was like yeah really cool I like skeletor and I want to watch Ghostbusters and I like creepy things and I like to play with boys and that's what you know I it didn't you know like it didn't matter how many people told me that or how much Uh, a television show or uh, a film told me that like I did not care like I you know was who I was so I don't I I think that we think we're so progressive now that we don't force gender norms but we there's so very few representation of 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 the opposite of just like letting gender uh be and letting people like what they like I i very proud of shows like Queen Sugar who you know has a little boy who you know has a manly father who's you know like all this and he and that little boy plays with toys and every uh, every I mean he plays with a Barbie and every time somebody says something about that Barbie his really sometimes scary fathers like you don't say shit to my boy about that barbie <laughs> like you don't say any shit to him about my barbie
2: I um, so i think there's
3: very that. few example there's very few examples i feel like that are very much different than that i don't know i don't know
1: anesthesia that's so. that's i got so excited when you just said that little quip because i'm like that's the same device as why we were excited when arnold punched that guy you know it's like so it kind of shows you can turn that around into something more positive and make it cool, make it, you know, or make it appropriate right. for everybody by saying like, no, don't talk about my kid, my kid's Barbie. Like you just made that like the cool tough guy said, you can't, right. Say right. You can. that, that just blew me away. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah,
3: no, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Um- I-
2: the 90s were bizarre because i'm looking at like the top 10 movies of the year for the 90s and i'm like none none of this makes sense now part of this might be right not the entire
0: 1990 yeah
2: and i think the biggest thing is that total recall came out that same year so he already was like a big big star at that point like it was he was through the roof at that point so releasing a, a kid's film that that year was gonna just go through the roof and i'm amazed that this movie made as much and did as well because it was in the holiday season where Home Alone also dropped and was doing insane business as well. So it was just like family everywhere. We can do whatever well, we
0: want. It really does show you, I think, some of the changing movie-going climates. I mean, I don't think there's, I don't think there's a world where you could release an action comedy and a, and a, Home Alone. I guess is just a straight comedy. I guess it has some. You couldn't release Home Alone and Kindergarten Cop in the same week on, on near Christmas, and have both of them become Giant victories like
2: this. Oh, they, yeah. It's, it's wild.
1: It's a, there's a couple of things here. Like, one, it's the family or a kid's movie that adults want to watch, also, so that you're getting multiple audiences. And then also, it's the fish out of water. Like, it, it, with Arnold being the biggest action star at the time, like, I want, you know, yeah, I want to see him teaching a bunch of cute little kids. Um, I remember in the early 2000s, uh, there's a lot of romantic comedies, and all I wanted was to see like a Leonardo DiCaprio or like a, somebody like that. How about a guy like that do a romantic comedy? Because we don't see that all the time, you know? So anytime, you, sorry, there's a bug. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so anytime, um, yeah, taking somebody who normally doesn't do those movies, like I would watch the hell out of that if uh, yeah. if they had done it. But no, you just get the same old, same old
0: kind of guy. And
3: there's also like, I, I don't know, like I remember from my childhood and then it, you know, that there was something big about taking your whole family to the movies, right? Like it was such an event and you got so excited for movies and um, especially at the holidays. Like, I feel like, you know, you had your big dinner or whatever and then you went to the movies or maybe just the young kids, you know, like teenagers and the kids went to a movie or something like that. Like it was such a, I think it was such a big deal. It was such a like, uh, so when you found something that, um, yeah, I'm, i agreeing with Mary. Uh, like, when you, when you have something on so many levels that you can bring everybody to the theater too, which we don't quite have that that much anymore. It's really kind of divided. And like, this is a cartoon or this is a kid's movie and this is an adult movie. There's not like something... I think the 90s really did, and maybe the 80s, really did try to appeal to the family unit.
2: Um, is there are a lot of... Now. yeah there are a lot of genre merging in the 90s with like romance and family or 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 like like sister acts one of ghosts even is a little bit too it's like there's a murder mystery and then there's a romantic film in the middle of ghosts you're like well these are weird films to merge together but all right this works um yeah that was a that's another
3: movie i probably shouldn't have seen very young
2: that was also the 90 that 1990 yeah i'm telling you 1990 was nuts
3: When did Ricochet come out? Because I still have to talk to my parents about the fact that they let me see that movie when it came out. Because I just remember Denzel being drugged on a table and having sex with some girl. And and I was like, I'm sorry. Why am I watching?
0: (laughs) So then coming back to Kindergarten Cop, this is a movie that recently actually was I hate saying canceled, but a screening of it was literally canceled in Astoria, Oregon, where the movie was filmed to celebrate its 30th anniversary. It was canceled when Lois Levine, a Portland author, criticized the movie on Twitter, saying, what's so funny about the school, the prison pipeline? There's nothing fun in cops traumatizing kids. And we're trying to end the school to prison pipeline. There's nothing entertaining about the presence of police in schools, which feeds the school to prison pipeline in which African-American, Latinx, and other kids of color are criminalized rather than educated. Five and six year olds are handcuffed and hauled off to jail routinely in this country and criminalizing of children increases dramatically when cops are assigned to work in schools. Later, she goes on to say that it is just a movie. However, we can now recognize past movies such as Birth of a Nation and Gone with the Wind and recognize that it's not all good family fun. They chose to cancel the screening, and I feel like Anastasia's immediate reaction is correct. This movie, while not having any at all diversity, does not handcuff children and haul them off to prisons. There's never really a thematic idea. He's not even really a police officer assigned to the school in the way that he's protecting it he's an undercover agent searching for something so do we feel that this cancellation is just is the comparison to
3: gone with the wind the comparison is what pisses me off so much I'm sorry for a movie that lacks complete diversity how can you compare it to the movies that completely and totally are racist how do you do that birth of a nation Birth of a nation.
0: Why don't
2: you no, chose what? the most racist also, possibly?
0: <laughs> my favorite part about this quote though is that Birth of the Nation and Gone with the Wind were never in their world sold as good family fun. Maybe Gone yeah. with the
3: Wind. Maybe. Birth of a Nation. Birth of a Nation, I do like in in defense of well, I don't really want to defend this, but anyway, I don't know why I'm defending this. But we don't need to. Uh birth of a nation. Birth of a nation basically, you know, was shown to a, a large mass of people um and varying ages and is considered the second rising of the Ku Klux Klan, but I don't think kindergarten cot is anything compared to them. No.
2: Um so I, I think <laughs> so the town No, I, mean, I
3: don't think it should be canceled. Sorry. No,
2: it shouldn't it shouldn't be. Um I, I think it's more I hate it when, because I, I believe this woman, because I'm looking at her. She's either biracial or she's African American. But like I think what happened at that time is just, she was like, hey, uh, Portland is going through hell right now. Like, that was when the Black Lives Matter movement was just insane. And Portland, well, and was, I get that. Portland was going for broke. Yeah. They were having a very hard time there. So she was just like, anything related to police, I don't want to back or should be or should be put on pause for a moment.
0: Fair. That's
2: where her brain Fair. was coming from. This particular film is probably not the one to sort of back that up with. Like like she even says, while that may not be happening in this film, this, this has happened. So she was just using police presence, what was happening in real life to what was happening in the film. But the problem is, like I said earlier, this movie has no people no people of color. So your, your, your justification, like it's one of those weird things where you're using something, but I don't know if you've actually watched this film. You just took the look at the summary or the thesis of it on like Wikipedia. Like, oh, a cop's going to school? No, I don't want that. As opposed to actually watching it and seeing... Yeah, nothing that I'm basing this cancellation on has anything to do with this film. My bad. This one doesn't count.
3: Well, and I think I think the problem is also, like, uh, you know, when I, I've definitely, like, been very outspoken about the experiences I've had with cops, and I didn't get um, so-called triggered by this movie, um, you know, but I will say that, like, there is something about being kind during this time period and figuring out when you can can't do things like Brooklyn 99 put themselves on the back burner for a while. And I get it. I understand. You know, so maybe yeah. I don't think canceling it.
0: it it's yeah. I, I think what's interesting is like they're they're right, the political climate there. I don't think anybody is in the police or our best friend's boat. Uh, but at the same time, you're choosing a lot of things that are inherently not what the movie is about. Mary, do you have any thoughts on the matter?
1: Yeah, I'm having a hard time making the connection, you know, between that. Um, but Terrence's um, statement, like, that connects it the best for me. I'm more triggered by Arnold himself. I just think, <laughs> he's kind of, if you really think about it, I mean, he's, he's, he's kind of been a douche. And um, I think that he's more cancelable
2: than the movie itself yeah it's uh not to the same extent but my my first time watching american beauty when we did it and i was like oh i should have probably seen this before because watching this now kevin spacey is a problem uh i think sometimes the actor might be like what they what we know about them now is not as 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 wholesome or as happy as it was when we were when they existed at the height of whatever film we're watching
0: well, in *American uh, Beauty* was rough because we were watching Kevin Spacey do exactly dudes. what he was accused yeah. of doing.
2: Yeah. It's like popping on any R. Kelly's album right now. I'm like, nope, <laughs> not for me.
0: <laughs> so Except it's a sound-
3: remix to *Ignition*. I'm sorry.
0: So it sounds like
3: we're all sucks. kind of
0: <laughs> in this boat of like the movie might have its issues, but it's still very viewable today. Do you think that? There are reasons to keep it around. Is there anything of thematic value or historic value that connects? Mary, you got very excited.
1: Yes, I love movies around this time because I love to look at the ensemble and who they are and what they did. Because um, the one little boy was the creepy kid in Pet Cemetery, and I used to love him until I saw Pet Cemetery, and I'm like, no, I can't. Engage. No, and then um, um, Angela Bassett was the flight attendant at The beginning, and I was like, That's Angela. Right. But her credit is as a stewardess, so that's bad. Um, and then um, what was the other one? I was so oh, the little boy that was in sleep in Seattle. I always thought he was so cute, um, which is a little creepy of me to say. Um, but I just I loved that about the she's saying it from she's saying it from young her you when guys. she so was young. Know. She thought
2: yes. I think
1: this five-year-old is hot. <laughs> no, I don't know. no, no, when she was young. Um, so yeah, I love the ensemble and, um, you know, who, um, uh, I know we're not a movie review, but it, I, you know, that, that's where my mind goes to. But the, the lady who played his partner, I, I was, it was sad that she was so one dimensional and she just liked to eat and got sick. And then that was kind of it, but, um, she was great to do. Yeah.
2: I did enjoy her, but it is a really weird trope that was like, we're just going to give her food and then we're going to make her ill, and that's basically the the, the thesis of who she is as yeah. a person.
1: Thank you for not making her fat, at least. If you're going to make her eat that much, like, do not, like, please don't make her fat. Yeah,
2: because
3: I'm I'm really tired of that trope. Like, right. I really am. Um, I don't know, like, I think I think there is like, merit to watching how they mix genres I think that's great I think something that we should still be doing I think it's fun um I'm I'm just like I'm not sure that like if I showed this to my niece and nephew if they would even care like if it would re- even like track with them um I'm curious to that like I'm um I wonder if they would get as excited as I did as a kid so um because it's just so different now like for kids I don't know but I do think it's worth it's worth Keeping around. Watching.
2: It's, well, I interesting. Think that's... it's interesting. It's interesting because I don't really know. At the end of the day, I'm not sure who this is for. And I think like the kids today would be like, "Hey, this isn't a kids film, so I don't really want to watch this. They may not resonate with some of this." I do think it's it. There is some heart to it. I, I am love these deep dives going back to watching these stars who should not be in these type of films do these type of movies. I think that's always fun. Um, it, Reitman and Schwarzenegger I have three of them like I've seen Junior and I remember Junior more than I do this film just because I think I was older in age when it when came Okay out. well to
0: be fair junior. let's not compare Junior to this movie <laughs> Arnold has a lot of good comedic chops yeah. we've all made bad
3: choices in our lives. I didn't feel like Terrence was actually saying it in a negative way. Like, I, don't,
0: I
2: think that I don't was speak, a
0: personal abuse for you.
3: I don't, you're right,
2: so I don't speak that illly of Junior now I just feel bad now I'm going to go question myself right now. I'm like, I, I, Junior's not <laughs> Well, it's as good a weird as one. <laughs> it's a bizarre film <laughs> yeah. um, but between Night and twins i was like oh this is kind of cool to see action stars sort of step out of their element and do something that's a little different i think that is why it holds a little bit more weight than like I, showing this to kids kids are like i kick rocks i don't want to see this
0: well yeah i think we're kind of seeing the 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 action comedy genre has sort of been replaced by the superhero genre especially with the marvel movies they put in enough comedy that i think just making something like like this or even a hitman's bodyguard or a lethal weapon don't really have the same appeal i think in the 90s you could go hey guys you've seen action movies and you've seen comedies have you ever seen both and then you we now take so many actors and put them into different and weird places i mean we just watched elizabeth olsen do every single sitcom trope for the last eight weeks um uh, that I, I don't even think that that quite has the same reverence with the younger audiences now and it's, it, candidly it's the death of the movie star i mean how many actors can you now list At 200 million dollars that that is We talked a lot about why it made that money, but part of that is Arnold in 1990. Iron Man makes more money than Robert Downey Jr. movies. The next Iron Man film without him will gross more than the next Robert Downey Jr. movie without the armor is kind of where we are. And I think thematically, we talked a lot about it, but my like Jerry Springer final thoughts. Um, (laughs) We've learned a lot today, guys. yeah, there's a lot of weird gender stuff that I think is kind of worth examining that evolution, I think especially in how we marketed and sold it and I think there's even worth a conversation of being like, sometimes parents get the wrong thing. That's how I felt about that scene was I was like, oh, she's a bad mom. Like you're (laughs) learning the wrong, it's fine to ask a question, go ask a question. My kid is playing with dolls, should I be worried? No, however, you should be worried about this. Go have a conversation with them. Also, I am an employee who's teaching your kid. I shouldn't come over and and have sex with you. Um, (laughs) Setting up boundaries, important. So I think the movie still has. I don't think it would connect with audiences, but I think it's worth showing. It is not as funny as I remember it being. I remember it being a laugh riot. At this time, I was just sort of like, "Eh, "Yeah, it's fine. Okay, I've seen Arnold be funnier." Jingle All the Way is still a better Arnold comedy.
2: This is a comedy that is very dependent on the how cute the cute factor level of the kids, and unfortunately, not unfortunately, but we are now in an age where kids are cuter and we see them more. We see more of them, so it's like this doesn't work as well because like ah, I've seen kids better now so look, sorry
1: those kids look dirty now by the way you know schools are a lot more locked down than this i was like yeah. wow kids everywhere anybody can come into this campus like not today that's not happening
0: that's one of the things we didn't really get into is just how schools have changed because i think there is a lot of like yeah you couldn't it's halfway through the movie until they're like you've never been a teacher you have no credentials you have no resume this would never happen (laughs) um i think that's our show guys unless anybody else has anything they'd like to add i know where we've Great. Well, thank you everybody for listening. You can, of course, leave us a review on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Uh, I, it's a weird bug that iTunes has. You have to hit the fifth star for it to work. It's bizarre. Uh, you can then of course follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Can't Do That Podcast. I'm at as always Blake, Terrence at Terrence Tatum, Anastasia, Anastasia W. Terrence and I do another show called Hollywood Already Did It, where we look at reboots, remakes, and sequels and adaptations. Uh, I do another one called How Do You Figure about toy collecting and the media of toys and all of that jazz, some gender identity stuff in that often, and Anastasia, of course, does the Hysterical Podcast, a comedy podcast looking at history, the Serial Killer Podcast pairing up Serial Killers with Breakfast Cereal, and Reality, where they pair up tea, reality television, and of course, weed, and have conversations (laughs) around that. Uh, Mary, where or can everybody? Are. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Uh, Mary, where can everybody find you and your work?
1: Thanks so much. Oh my gosh. You can find me at Mary Up Church Comedy on all of the places, Wings with Friends podcast on iTunes, and all of those places. You can also see a lot of my uh, work on the Broken Drift Productions uh, YouTube page and website um and uh, you can see me live here in a couple of weeks uh recording my first dry bar special in provo and then after that laughs unlimited in sacramento so lots of fun stuff coming up follow me and all of that thanks
0: great Well, thank you so much for joining us thank you so much for listening share the show subscribe to the show do all of the other housekeeping bits and we will see everybody next week